This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. So this individual that I'm podcasting with asked to remain anonymous. Um, She's the wife of a professional hunter in South Africa. But she does not hunt at all. Uh, She wasn't raised in a hunting family and naturally has a unique perspective on hunting. Having not been raised as a hunter and now being married to a professional hunter in South Africa. So I had a sit down conversation with her in South Africa where we just talked about those perspectives and perceptions. We love having these kinds of conversations on the Blood Origins podcast talking to people outside the circle, outside the community, outside the proverbial choir. So enjoy. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name my, is... My, does my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. Braxton, <laughs> you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Hmm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a, a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. <laughs> yeah. You can hear me okay? Yeah. You want this, uh, you want Murray to proof this? I think, I think he needs to. <laughs> We're a package deal. <laughs> package deal. Are you worried about what you're going to say? Um. Why, let me ask, why would you be worried about what you're going to say? I just don't want to say the wrong thing. Okay, but isn't the wrong thing your opinion? Mm. Well, I suppose when you put it like that, then it sounds really, you know, 
but you are thinking about how your opinion could affect others. So you're being actually considerate. Yeah. Because I think it's quite a, a quite a coffee being delivered. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, waitress. <laughs> Thank you, waitress. Thank you for our coffee. Oh, this looks amazing. Thank you. Did you do this? Yeah. I like it. Extra foam. <laughs> Extra foam. Cappuccino. Yeah, I, you have to be considered, right? And what's interesting is what you don't realize what I've just done. What did, what did you say to me before I started the podcast? You hate what? Politics. <laughs> what did you just do? <laughs> uh, I don't know. You just acted like a politician. Did I really? <laughs> uh -huh. Polit pol politics yeah. is all about compromise. And you're compromising based on a situation. So you don't want to be named in this podcast. Still? <laughs> what are we going to call you? L? L. Just call you L? Yeah. Okay. So, L, uh, I'll ask the straightforward question right away. Do you hunt? I don't. Okay. Mm. You choose not to hunt? Haven't had the opportunity to hunt? Um, I haven't had that... Desire. Desire. Mm. Not against it. Mm -hmm. um, still relatively new to it. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, Mary and I have been together for uh, 14 years mm -hmm. in total. Mm -hmm. um, and the only sort of exposure to hunting that I've had is when we started dating and, you know, being on his family game farm. and. Yeah. Coming from my family, no one owns a gun, never been exposed to hunting. So for me, it was completely new. So 14 years, essentially being with a hunter, mm. being involved in some sort of hunting. Mm. One being he was family farm, right? Family the, farm, yeah. Was, it a, was hunting a business or was it just a farm? Just a farm. Okay. It was. It's actually a cattle farm, so it's it's not for hunting. Mm -hmm. It's hunting for the family. Right, right. Yeah. And now, in hunting, mm -hmm. from just like a recreational farm yes. engagement to yes. Murray saying, "Hey, dear, yeah, I'm doing this as a career professionally, mm. full bore, 365. Mm -hmm. I'm a hunter, and you still are a non-hunter." Yeah, I think um, I loved him for who he was. Sure. Got married and sure. when you love someone, you support them. Yeah, of course. So let me ask this then, next point in question, which is good. Mm, I'll, I'll ask this. What was your perspective on hunting, if you can think back, mm -hmm. to before you met Murray? Do you remember what your perspective was? Did you have one? I didn't have one because I didn't know it was a thing. I never knew right. how my food got to my plate. Mm. Um, and I think I was also still quite young and sheltered. So uh, it didn't even cross my mind, really. Yeah, no, you just, nobody in your circles hunted. There was no news around hunting. None. Okay. So it was literally completely 
new, completely new, fresh eyes. So you had no perspective. Absolutely. You, you no. didn't have a negative perspective when he said, I hunt. When I met him yeah. and he told me, do you want to come with to our family game farm? We're going to hunt. I, I, I was like, oh, okay, well. Why did you have that reaction? If you, if you said you had, you see where I'm going here, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you say you had no negative perspective or perception of hunting, was it the act or rather the killing that was associated with it? That re- resulted in that negative, oh, I don't know about that. So before I met Mary, I didn't think of hunting at all. Mm. Uh, only when we started dating and he invited me to the game farm and they had, I knew that they were hunters and all of that. I guess um, I did, I think, I, it, look, it was a long time ago. I think I did ask quite a few questions just so that I knew what to expect. Mm. Um, and being new, um. I think I guess it would be quite a a horrible thing to be a part of. You know, I thought there would be lots of blood and um just not a not a nice experience. Mm. Um and it was the total opposite. So do you remember the first time you went So let me let me pause for a second cuz I tend to do this all the time. We started <laughs> we get, chatting. Yeah. So, I normally say, hey, introduce yourself. (laughs) (laughs) So, why don't you introduce yourself without telling anybody your name? Um, And you don't have to be specific to, like, where you're from, but, Mm -hmm. like, town-wise, but just to, you know, Mm -hmm. where you're from. So, I am Elle, and (laughs) I um, I live in Durban. Mm Mm-hmm. South Africa, because this is South an international Af- yeah, audience. Yeah, too. so Durban, South Africa. Um, and I am in a completely different industry to my husband. What's your day job? Interior design. <laughs> really? Really. Holy smokes. <laughs> yeah. So I am on the end of the spectrum to what my husband does. Okay, so... Shit, there's so many rabbit holes here. <laughs> Have you had an, a circumstance, because that would be, you know, dare I write down, industries that would be not for hunting. Interior design is probably in the list. Have you had anyone, like, just casually, socially ask what your husband does, and it almost like, ooh. Um, I have. So, uh, I suppose it is quite sad that I have to do this but I I will say he's in the safari industry mm. because I don't want to offend anyone yeah um and when we've chatted as a couple um I've always said that I feel like we need to go in based on the fact that non-hunters are the majority correct so we need to be a little bit more sensitive around right. the, the topic. Yeah, for sure. 100%. Be- because I feel like if you are more um, aggressive in your approach, you're going to lose people. Imagine that. Mm. Imagine that. Yeah, sensitivity to someone else's upbringing, someone mm. else's background, someone else's thought processes that mm. may be different to yours. But I also feel like if you are unsure, 
of hunting like I was, that you have to go to the right source to get the right information. It's mm. like taking your car to a doctor to get fixed. Mm. Um, you know, I, I'm grateful that I had my husband to learn the industry from because only once you educate yourself properly and through the right ways do you realize that um, there's actually a huge amount of respect for wildlife and the bush. And So how do you know that? Can you describe to someone, like, why do you know your husband has respect for wildlife? Um, because hunting is more than just hunting for him. It's it's a passion. It's about the experience. It's about being surrounded by the bush and wildlife every day. But does he need? Let me. And I'm purposely poking here. Okay, mm. so I apologize. Mm. But someone could hear you say that, and they could say, "Well, that's great. Sounds great. But why does he have to kill things?" See, this is where <laughs> I. I just, I don't really overthink things. Mm. Mm. And I don't, maybe it's just by nature. I don't, I, I don't have to ask too many questions. Yeah. I, I yeah. just yeah. sort of get a gut feel for someone, mm. whether, you know, it feels good and right and, mm-hmm. and sort of go with that. Um, but I also s- have seen how, um, the hunters that I've been surrounded with behave. It's it's not um they're not They're not indiscriminate. Yeah. Or maybe I don't want to put words in your mouth. Let me rephrase what yeah. I said. Are they indiscriminate in the wildlife that they take? Um i.e. does Murray if he's taking a client out, first thing he sees, he says client shoot that. Well, to be honest with you, I haven't had any, I, I haven't had a lot of hunting experience. Sure, sure. Um, you know, he does it for a living and he goes out and, and hunts and mm-hmm. I very seldom get an opportunity to go with. Mm-hmm. So the opportunities that I have had, um, like at the game farm, going out with him, you know, you don't just see an animal and shoot it. It's it's not right. the wild wild west, you right. know. Right. It's it's very um controlled and thoughtful. Thoughtful. Mm. Yeah, and I think that is I think a non hunter seeing that, I think that's one of the things that we you constantly are trying to convince mm. the other side, right? That is against hunting. Why do you have to kill that animal? Yeah, I you know, so I have a PhD, so I know from a biology perspective, if you've got a fence around a property, animals grow, right? Mm. Animals reproduce. And there's gonna be a certain carrying capacity, biomass that can that landscape can handle until you have to do something about it. You can capture the animals, you can sell them, you can move them, or you can let them die. Mm-hmm. And that mortality can happen in multiple ways, mm-hmm. right? And there are economic assets and there's all these little bits and pieces. But I think what your perspective is bringing is 
that you are very familiar with a hunter. He's your husband. You've been with him for 14 years. You know him better than anyone, mm. right? So when someone says to you, L, your husband is just a killer. You can respond and say, um, well, he's not a killer. He's a professional hunter. Um, and this is a hard one. You know, um, how does he talk? Like, how does he talk about wildlife to you? Does he talk about wildlife flippantly? No. He, it's, I mean, he, he loves what he does. He, it's, it's about creating friendships, mm. having, you know, clients come over and they end up becoming friends for life, you know. Um, me starting out with Murray, let's just backtrack. The first, I was so nervous to go on a first hunt with him and I wasn't. Just like your first podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and I literally, I, um, I didn't know what to expect. Mm. Um, and I had never been surround. I had never had any experience with guns before. So I thought it would be like this really horrible. Mm. Um, Visceral. Bloody, gory mm-hmm. experience. But it actually wasn't. It was actually a beautiful experience. Um, what made it so beautiful? Well, you appreciate life. Mm. And you... Made you think a little bit more. Absolutely. Deeper. You know, you also become that much more appreciative of your surroundings, the wildlife. Mm. Um, we were a part of skinning that animal. Um, we ate the animal. We made biltong with the animal. So, you know, it just, the whole process, it, it just wasn't what I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's kind of... Uh, broadened my horizons. I think someone participating in it. So, I use this analogy a lot that when, when when you hunt, you have a weapon with you, the intent is to kill something. Okay? The intent is to take an animal's life. Versus hiking, where you're just walking through and there's a purpose to what you're doing. I'm going to walk through this place, I'm going to get to that place, and I'm going to walk back. But there's also a very different um, psyche difference between a hunter and a hiker. And you just alluded to it, in that a hiker is simply an observer. Oh, I'm walking through nature. Oh, look at that tree. Oh, look at that butterfly. Oh, there's the mountain I'm going to go to. I'm observing. A hunter is participating in the process that is Mother Nature. Is, is you know, you, you sitting in that seat of a predator. You sitting in that seat of um, being able to take life or give life. 
you feel things differently. You understand wind, you understand sounds, you understand and how and not just understand it, but how it affects you and your position in Mother Nature. And so, to me, that's the difference, right? That's you being a participant in it and understanding your role in it is key. I think what is also, for me, Murray has never forced anything on me. Mm. He's never said, okay, now I want you to shoot a bird or shoot a warthog. Or mm. He has never forced it on me. Mm-hmm. He's invited me to go with. Um, we've done target shooting again, uh, respecting <laughs> the the guns that you actually use, um, and that it's not just a toy, um, you know. But what I what I've appreciated about Murray is that he's never forced anything onto me, mm. um, and I think that also you know, from maybe a non-hunter's perspective, um, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. And it also, again, makes someone want to learn more when it's not, you know. Yeah, forced on them. Forced on you, yeah. Yeah. You mentioned Murray and relationships and clients. But he also develops relationships with people that he works with, mm. right? One of which was a tracker. Can you describe that? I know it was a hectic time. Mm. Um, Can you set the scene though? Because people are going to be like, what the hell is he, are they talking about? You mean how it all happened? Mm-hmm. Or what happened? Um... So it will be a day that I will never forget for the rest of my life. Um, getting that phone call and in the bush, your tracker is your best friend. Mm-hmm. You look out for each other. Mm-hmm. He's your right-hand man. Um, and they spend more time with you than your wife and kids. So, you know. Um, and they were tracking a, a wounded buffalo and it was just unfortunate, the circumstances. Um, and Murray's tracker ended up getting very badly injured. Mm-hmm. Um, I think being a hunter and being in the bush, surrounded by wild animals, you putting yourself on the line every day that you're in the bush. Um, and I know that uh, obviously um, Mary's tracker did end up passing away. And that is something that he will carry for the rest of his life. Mm. Um, and even though it's something that um, I guess, you know, maybe wasn't completely avoidable. You do still feel um, responsible mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the 
I think people, and it's something maybe that we haven't even focused on, are the the relationships that are built because of the activity of hunting. Mm. And not just friendships like you were talking about mm. with clients, which are great. But it's almost like a like it's like a brother. Absolutely. Right? It's someone yeah. that you have to like completely entrust your life to. Absolutely. Yeah, I think people don't realize how deep of connections are made. Because they're made, how long had been, what was his name? Moosey. Moosey. How long had Clayton and Moosey been together? Um, I think it was about... About five years. Yeah. Mm. But you have trackers today that are with PHs for 25 years. Mm. You know, it's almost like an extension of your family. Well, I mean, Musi, uh, our son Cooper, mm. um, absolutely adored Musi. Mm. Um, and you know, to this day, he runs around the garden, um, playing hunting games and uh, pretends to be Musi. And well, you know, we would go for game drives and he would sit on Moosey's lap and mm. um so yeah they they are definitely a part of the family um definitely a right hand man mm. yeah like I can't it's, uh, like I'm trying you know I'm trying to describe that relationship but I've never experienced it you know yeah you rely on each other in the bush and you bounce things off each other they're almost like your it's like a sixth sense right yeah they know something it's almost a premonition Mm. kind of scenario So, if you, so if you've got a, 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 an opportunity right now to say to someone who's just like, they've listened to you, like, yeah, I get it, you know, but she's a wife of a hunter. She has to say these kinds of things. What would you, what, what would you say to someone that is against hunting? Well, I think we are so easily influenced today um, by the masses. Mm. Um, Even I am, Mm -hmm. you know. Someone's shouting a loud enough message on Instagram. I'm like, but yeah, that kind of does make sense. And, you know. But I think um, what also... You know, when you use these strong words like killing and shooting and they they quite um 
like you said before, aggressive. They're quite aggressive, you know, and I think... But should we be apologetic for those words, if no, that's what is happening? No, we we shouldn't, and that's only now that I'm educated enough to know, and I'm no longer sensitive and thinking only the emotional side. It's lit. It's the literal process, and mm-hmm. those are the words mm-hmm. that you should use. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I think trying to help people understand more um is taking a less aggressive approach maybe um and you would then be more receptive Mm -hmm. and if someone else is looking on and saying well you're a hunter's wife well even more reason why to look at us because i've never been forced to hunt Mm um in fact having a conversation around a dinner table yesterday the day that i feel like hey i feel like i could you know hunt a, an impala today mm-hmm. you know if i really woke up one day and felt like i would love to experience walking through the bush coming up on an animal i'll wait for that day mm-hmm. but i haven't got it yet mm-hmm. so i'll be my husband's bystander. <laughs> it would be <laughs> super. Then. It would be super interesting. And again, naturally, you would you'd expect me to say I'd, I'd love to get a podcast <laughs> about it. <laughs> you know how I talked about the sort of participant observer. Mm-hmm. So you being a bystander with your husband, you probably aren't fully, fully, fully in that participation like mode. You you may be a little ingrained because he's telling you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. these kinds of things. It'd be it'd be interesting to know what it would do to you if you did, and this is why I would say because we had a podcast shit maybe like a hundred podcasts ago, and I for the life of me I can't remember the guy's name, but he used a technique tied to a scope called the heart technique. It was harvest and return technique or something like that. So what this guy has done is he's got a two four three rifle. It's a caliber rifle. He's got a scope built on it. And that scope's tied to a camera. And he's got a blank as a cartridge in the gun. So essentially, L, we're going to give you the gun. You're going to hunt. Everything's the same. You're going to line up, you're going to pull the trigger, it's going to sound like a gun's going off, it's going to smell like a gun's going off. But you actually didn't kill the animal. Mm-hmm. All you got was a picture of where your crosshairs were. I'm, I'm definitely messed up, like the acronym HEART, mm-hmm. but it's the HEART technique. And why the guy did it was, people come to Africa, they may want to, they don't have a lot of money, say they want to, they want to hunt an impala. But they also would really, really, really love to hunt a Cape Buffalo. Mm-hmm. But they can't afford $15,000. But they could afford $1,000 for the PH that day to get them in close to a buffalo and, and Have the dare I say, pretend mm-hmm. to kill it. Mm-hmm. But what he said was it, was it was almost like opening up a different line of opportunity for you to hunt. It would be interesting to know if that would be like... What that would do in you, if you, it may not do anything because you may know, like, oh, I'm not killing it anyway, so. 
for me, I don't know. Um, I don't know if it's if that's gonna awaken <laughs> the yeah. huntress in me. The huntress. <laughs> what a terrible term. <laughs> You're just a hunter. We're all hunters. Um, like I said, like if I wake up one day and I have that mm. that urge and that desire, then I will follow through. But until then, I'm happy where I am. Um, and I think, look, I think it's a pretty, that's a pretty good concept. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think it would just help broaden the horizons of people. Mm -hmm. Um, and then for them to see how controlled and respectful, um, and how amazing the experience is in the bush, mm -hmm. in the wild. Mm -hmm. um, that would definitely change some people's perspectives. You've said a lot about, you talk, uh, you've said a lot about the bush. Mm -hmm. a, a classic South African saying, right? <laughs> if someone's never been to South Africa and never experienced the bush, what would you tell them? You've got some hard questions for me today. <laughs> Someone has never been to South Africa. Mm. What is it about the bush? You just have to experience it. You have to be one with the bush. The sound. The, the sounds, the smells, how big the sky is. Yeah. Don't yeah. know what kind of wildlife you're going to see. It's not like there's just one type of wildlife running around. It's just... Everything. Everything. Dangerous, small, lots of thorn bushes that will poke you. <laughs> Thrilling. Big, big fires at night. Mm. Sundowners. What's a sundowner? Tell people about sundowners. Sundowners. Oh, that can be many things. It could be a savanna. It could be a GNT, a gin and tonic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And a savannah is like a cider here in South Sava Africa. Yeah, savannah is a cider. Um, but it's just a classic. Just a You're like, what the hell's a sundowner? It's, it's exactly what it says it is. Literally driving up to the top of a hill, sitting on a rocky mountain, mm -hmm. looking over and seeing elephant below and giraffe and... A beautiful sunset. Mm -hmm. Sipping on a GNT. Sipping on a GNT <laughs> and eating biltong. Yeah, <laughs> that is. It is perfect, perfect, perfect. Well, I promised it would it would be painless. <laughs> Relatively. Relatively <laughs> painless. Um, is there anything else you want to say? No. We'll just wrap it up. You you've got a cold you. coffee. I know. I've been sipping still, my coffee still the entire foamy, time. Though. Still foamy though. I've been in the hot seat. <laughs> you have been in the hot seat. Well, look, I appreciate I appreciate you allowing me to twist a stiff arm into a rubber arm and just <laughs> say yes i'll come do this so thanks. thank you thanks robbie well that's it for today i appreciate you listening as always leave a review share it with your friends and most importantly do what's right to convey the truth around hunting